So good. Thank you. You can be seated. Good morning. Good to see you guys on this chilly, 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 way too chilly morning. I think it's over after today, I hope. Happy New Year to everybody. I, I, I like New Year. I, 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 like, I like new beginnings, don't you? Uh, I'm one of those guys that actually likes Monday because I feel like Monday is just a new beginning. It's a new start of the week. And, uh, and uh, I love the idea that God's mercies are new every morning. But uh, there's something incredible and, uh, and that just comes at the beginning of a year uh, where we can say, you know what, I'm going to make sure that this year is different than last year. And uh, you have the ability to do that uh, by making choices that will be different than last year's choice. So, uh, so I'm, I'm excited about what's coming up for this entire year, what God has in his heart, because I know he always has good things in his heart for you. He has good things in, in his heart for his church. And uh, we're going to start this year off, uh, as we do just about every year, uh, with a concentrated effort uh, to seek after God and put God first. Um, I'm, I'm just such a huge believer in the principle of first things. Uh, and I believe it's a principle that goes throughout the Bible, and I, I've watched it make such a difference in my life um, for years now, in Suzette and my marriage, in our, in our finances, in, our, in the peace that's in our home, uh, in the love that's in our life, in the blessing of the Lord, um, that this idea that as many ways as you can put God first, everybody say first, first, your life will be better. Uh, and there's just something about taking that first thing, the first of your income, uh, and that's what the tithe is, the first and the best. Uh, the, if you can get yourself arranged to start giving God the first part of every day, uh, it will do amazing things for your day. Uh, you can put God, this is the first day of the week, uh, and we get to put God first by worshiping together in church, and it does something good for you. And I know sometimes people think, ah, oh, you know, really, is church that important? I've watched so many people start to slip out on church and eventually slip out on God, and they're not realizing the deterioration that's taking place in their life spiritually, but there's something incredible about joining together first day of the week with your spiritual family to worship God, to be encouraged, to, to be lifted up. And then this whole idea about, about putting God first uh, is a powerful thing. And the more ways that you can do that in your world, you're better off. Matthew 6, Jesus said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all the things that you need will be added to you. So for, for, for literally, uh, I don't know how many years, almost every year, we've had this kind of at the beginning of the year, we've decided that uh, we would just seek after God in a concentrated way. And so uh, coming up for us, our church is starting January 15th, we're going to have 10 days of prayer, and I'm going to encourage you to do some kind of fasting uh, during that time. We'll talk about what that is in just a minute. So from January 15th, uh, till the 24th. So from now till then, eat all the cookies you want to eat. 
um, watch all the movies you want to watch that are legit. And, uh, and, but we're going to have a 10-day prayer season. We've, we've had 21-day prayer seasons. We have had 40-day prayer seasons. But this year we just felt uh, to go this route of a 10-day prayer season uh, for our church. Now, some of you may have already started some kind of, it's the beginning of the year, I got I to gotta get rid of some stuff, I'm carrying some extra weight, uh, either in my, in my body or in my soul, in my spirit, and it's just to kind of a time to, to push to leap. Uh, so what I'm encouraging you to do is join together with us, but also on your own, because there's something about the corporate together uh, idea that is very, very powerful, but there's also something about what you do on your own that makes a huge difference. So I'm encouraging you, you may have already started a 21-day, I know a lot of churches are doing 21-day uh, seasons of fasting and prayer, but a couple things that we're going to do that I want to invite you to be a part of is to, for us to come together is on January 17th and on January 24th. So not this Wednesday, but the next Wednesday and the Wednesday after that, we're going to have a mega worship style prayer meeting here uh, at church together. And, and I, I want to encourage... I want to encourage you to, uh, to dive into that, to be here, to be a part of that. And you might say, well, I don't normally do things like that. Well, here we go. It's a new year. You get to do new things. And uh, let's come together and pray. Um, we've got these little uh, cards that we're handing out for people. And then we've got over here a, a cross and uh, some more prayer cards. And you can write down some of your prayer requests, things you're believing God for. But uh, I want to encourage you just to dive in with your church family. These will be the two times that we're getting together to pray, other than Sunday morning, 845, pre-service prayer would be a cool thing for you to to do in 2018, to make that a part of your life. You're already coming to church early anyway. Come to church at 845, pray with us for 15 minutes, go get a coffee, and actually meet somebody. There's a thought. And, uh, and I want to I position before you maybe a couple of 10-day fast opportunities that you might consider. So one is you may just consider fasting lunch. Uh, and like you're taking your lunch time and you're just reading your Bible, you're having a worship time, you're doing something that allows you to seek after God and you're putting aside um, lunchtime. Or you might want to fast media. Uh, this is a media-saturated world that we live in where a lot of us are on social media. It's, it, can, it can grow and start to swallow more and more of your time, more and more of your, your outlook. And so you might want to consider that. You could do a Daniel fast, which is a, a fast where you are giving up sweets and meat um, and you're just adjusting your diet. Daniel in the Old Testament did that. Or you could do what I call a full tilt fast, um, where you are not eating any solid foods at all, uh, and you can, uh, you know, modulate that to what you want to do. But, and you may go three days, you may go one day, you may do one day, four times, whatever. You know, you may do the whole 10 days. But what I want to encourage you to do is the Bible talks a lot about prayer and fasting. We're actually going to talk about it today. But fasting, you got to understand, fasting is not you uh, 
earning God's extra approval. <laughs> it's not like fasting is extra credit. You know, you're, you took the class and now you need some extra credit. Uh, you're not earning something more from God. Literally, what I have discovered fasting does for us is it makes, it makes all the noise. How many of you know there's more, there's more noise going on inside of you than is actually going on outside of you? And, and fasting is, is quieting the noise down. And here's what I've discovered about appetites. They grow. Don't they? Right? I mean, you might be that person that says, I just drink a, a glass of wine with my dinner. And you may not do that. That's fine. But how many of you know it's easy for that one glass to grow to two? Don't raise your hand, but it can happen. Right? And, uh, and you, you, could, you could say, I'm only going to eat sweets every once in a while, but it can grow. You know, I can, I'll, I'll only check my social media feeds uh, once a day, twice a day, 10 times a day, 20 times a day, 30 times a day. You know, it grows. It all grows. So there's something great about realizing what's going on in your own world to say, you know, it would be good for me just to, just to push pause, maybe to push delete for a while so that I could quiet that noise so I can hear from heaven. So, and, and what I really want to encourage you to do is maybe you have not developed a, a habit of reading your Bible on a regular basis, but I want to encourage you at least commit yourself to read your Bible every day for those 10 days, that you are taking time to read your Bible every day. Our world needs a move from heaven. Uh, our nation <laughs> needs a touch from heaven. Uh, our, our region, Asheville, the sweet cesspool of sin, needs a touch from heaven, doesn't it? Our church needs a touch from heaven. You know, we're, we, if, if we are here without heaven's outpouring and blessing, then we're just going through religious activity. We don't want to do that. And how many of you would be honest enough to say, I could use a fresh touch? I could use a fresh outpouring of heaven on my life. So I want to talk to you for a few moments today, and I just want to kind of feed your faith and encourage you on the concept of living a life that is powered by prayer. Prayer-powered living is what I want to talk about for a few moments today. Matthew chapter 6, this is Jesus um, in the great Sermon on the Mount. And he gives us some insight into quite a few things, but I want to read a few verses. Matthew 6, verse 2. So when, everybody say when, when you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be honored by men. Truly I say to you, they have the reward in full, but when you give to the poor, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving will be in secret. Your father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. Verse 5, when you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues on the street corners so they could be seen by men. But truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, when you pray... Go into your inner room, close your door, pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. Verse 16 says, whenever you fast, 
Don't put on a gloomy face as the hypocrites do, for they neglect their appearance so that they'll be noticed by men when they are fasting. Truly I say to you, they have the reward in full. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that your fasting will not be noticed by men, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. So three things that Jesus gives us, spiritual practices that he would have an expectation. This would be like a 101 kind of expectation from Jesus. When you give, so Christians are givers. When you pray, when you fast are three things that Jesus says, these are things that, that I want to just kind of give you some instruction on. I'm not instructing you that you should be doing these things. You, we should all obviously be doing these things. But three spiritual practices that Jesus says, let me give you some guidelines on those ideas. One is don't do them to be noticed by other people. You know, don't do them in a way that shows off. Uh, what you're doing, and, but, but do them. I mean, get involved in them. And I think there's a principle in here that is so powerful is that the seed of each one of these spiritual practices, when it's done in secret, produces fruit in public. So the seeds you sow in private bear their fruit in public. Private seeds bear public fruit. Now, I know some people are going, oh, no, I'm praying for crop failure for some of the stuff that I've been involved in in private. But I want you to take it to the positive and to recognize that your real life is coming out of your secret life. What you do away from the eyes of men, from the eyes of people, is eventually becoming the life that manifests itself out in public, out in the open. And I love this idea, um, Matthew 6, 6, where Jesus says, when you pray, go to your inner room, close the door, pray to your Father who's in secret. Your father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. And there are some translations that even say he'll reward you in the open. So the father sees what's done in secret and he'll reward you in the open. And I want to talk to you about a couple of rewards that come out of this idea of committing ourselves to a concept that I've liked to call for many years, running your life from your prayer closet, running your life from a secret place, getting grounded in a secret place. So the first thing is perspective. Perspective comes out of your prayer closet, out of your prayer time. This is one of my favorite verses because, because I realize my need. Jeremiah 33.3, call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. There's a lot of stuff you don't know. Albert Einstein said problems can't be solved 
by the same level of thinking that created those problems. So the kind of thinking and the kind of ideas that I have carried in my life to this point have created both the good and the problems that now exist in my world. And it's going to take a new level of thinking to go to a new level. We all know the definition of habit insanity is keep doing what you've been doing and somehow expect a different result. Keep eating the way you've been eating. Keep exercising the way you've been exercising. Keep praying the way you've been praying. Stay in the word the way you've been in the word. Love your spouse the way you've been loving your spouse. It goes on and on. And I'm, I'm here to encourage you and maybe to push you a little bit to recognize if 2018 is going to be a different year than 2017, which has possibly been a repeat of 2016, which has possibly been a re repeat of re 2015, in other words, if this year is going to, if something is going to be different in your life, something's going to have to change. Change. Everybody say change. What's going to keep us from repeating the same year over and over? Some people have lived the same year over and over again for the last 10 years. Is there a possibility that you could grow in your ability to have relationships. Is there a possibility your health could be better? Is there a possibility you could be better at the career that you're in? Is there a possibility that your finances could go to a new level? We're offering you an opportunity to grow in that. <laughs> I always find it interesting that we offer these opportunities for people to actually develop skills and grow and get new ideas, and they don't take advantage of them, and then they wonder why their finances don't come together. I'm hoping that might bless second service when I say that, but <laughs> is there a possibility that you could grow in your walk with God? And what I'm saying is, you don't know what you don't know. Anybody who thinks they're a know-it-all <laughs> doesn't know what there is to know. And there's something about going to a secret place to seek after God where God says, call to me and I will answer you. Call out to me and I will show you great and mighty things that you don't know yet. You, anybody got questions about life, about your life? You got questions, he's got answers. And I, I, want, I want you to stand on this promise and especially here at the beginning of the year, go after God and say, God, there's things that I don't know. There's great things, mighty things that I don't know yet, but you know them. And you find something 
And like I'm all for reading, I'm all for classes, I, I, I'm invested into that in a serious way. But I honestly believe there's something you find in a place of prayer that you don't find anywhere else. There's, there's things you would not have known, but you can start to know them when you're in the presence of God on a consistent basis. There's things that you may have never heard that now you could hear. There's things you may have never seen, but now you can see. And I'm just saying, all we need is for God to turn the lights on. All we need is for, for just a whisper from the Holy Spirit that would say, did you ever think about it this way? Did you ever look at it from this angle? Dude, could you consider it from, it's, 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 it's a powerful thing when you have one of those revelation moments. You have this epiphany when you have this aha. One word from God can change everything. I'm saying to you, built on Jeremiah 33.3, get your perspective on everything that's going on in your life from your prayer closet. Because your circumstances are not a great place to get perspective from. You can get swallowed in your circumstances. And, and I, I watch this happen. I have to fight this. But it's easy to start assessing God from my circumstances. Looking at what's going on around me and going, God, why don't you? Instead, I need to learn to assess my circumstances from God, from his word, from his promises, from his presence. I want to encourage you to, to grow in this idea that you would never deal with an issue that hasn't at least had one pass through your prayer closet. Don't, don't make a decision about, about anything, uh, a conversation you're going to have, a move you're going to make, a person you're going to hire, a job you're going to take, a, move, a car you're going to buy, anything, don't ever just do it totally spontaneous. Give it, give it at least one pass, <laughs> maybe more than one. It'll save you some heartache. It'll save you some bills that you can't pay. For you writing checks you can't cash. And I'm just saying, there's something about, I remember one time I was looking for a car and uh, I, I, I made the mistake of actually getting the car. And, and once I got the car, it was a brand new car. I just, I, I said yes. I gave a, a $500 deposit to get that car. And then I just could not get peace. 
about that car at all. And it just agitated my spirit. And I'm just thinking, I don't understand why I shouldn't be getting this car. But when I walked up into the dealership and kind of sheepishly said, you're not going to understand this. But I just, I do not have any peace about buying this car. I, I'm not going through with this. And I, I said, can I have my $500 back? They said, no. $500 lesson right there. About to run it through my prayer closet first. You got to get it. You can get an angle. You know, there's, have you ever been aggravated with anybody? <laughs> and you could get an angle on it from your prayer closet that could give you a perspective that might save a relationship that you could have ruined saying something stupid. They're aggravating, you're stupid, that combination is not working. You, you got to pray it before you say it. Because there, there be, come on, write out your email, just don't send it. Right? Write it all down and then delete it. Just whatever you got to do. But there's a lot of things that once those words are out, you can't get them back. Everybody say perspective. Perspective. And so I'm encouraging you. We got this season coming up that I, I just believe that somehow in one of these moments on a mega worship night or maybe you're in the morning and you're seeking after God, you're reading your Bible and you are, maybe you're skipping lunch and you're just reading Bible, worshiping, just whatever, you know, whatever you're doing, that somewhere in the midst of that, a light is going to come on, an answer is going to come. Uh, you ought to look at it this way kind of thing. And it could change your life. Second idea is that I think birthed out of prayer is the concept of power. Anybody need more power? <laughs> I know I do. And if James 5 verse 14 says, the effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. And I love this concept because the word effective and the word accomplish are both from the Greek word energeo. So really the idea is the energized prayer of a righteous man can release energy. That would be a literal idea of translating this. The message would put it uh, this way. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. So this, this verse is teaching us this idea, energized prayer releases energy. Prayer is not you or me trying to persuade God to do what we want him to do. That's a bit of a losing battle. Because if you think you're stubborn... But prayer is the place where you start to get a sense of what God is up to, a feel for what God is up to, and you can align with it. I've used this illustration 
for years, but it just helps me so much to understand that if you want the hand of God on your life, then you got to find out where the hand of God is and then just put your pointy little head up under that hand. So instead of asking God to come over here, just find out where, what he's up to and the power of God, the blessing of God is always available for what he intends. For, for what, and you'll find what he intends in, his, in the Bible. But I just want us to understand that prayer is our access to capacities, to resources that are way beyond our own capabilities. Matthew 21, 22 says, all things that you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. John 14, 14, if you ask anything, in my name, I'll do it. John 15, 7 says, if you abide in me, my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Now, I'm just saying to you, when you pray over stuff, and you start to get the angle that God wants you to have, you begin to open up inc incredible possibilities that would not have been there if you were just trying to figure it out in your own head. If you were just trying to, to, to work it out without the help of God. And when we pray, we open the, the door for the power of God to remove. Things that would have been impossible now become possible. Prayer, it opens up all kinds of new possibilities for your world. James 4 says, you do not have because you do not ask. And I know we can often go, well, doesn't God see? Doesn't God know? But the reality is, you see it over and over in the New Testament. Jesus shows up, the guy is blind. Jesus shows up, the guy is lame. Jesus shows up, the guy's been by the pool of Bethesda for years. And he goes, what do you want me to do for you? Because we kind of expect God to do it, but there's something about engaging ourselves. Luke tells us that there's, a, there's a, a widow woman who's just going after what is right, what, it, what should be happening in a situation, and her persistence released the goodness into her life. So when the Bible says you don't have because you don't ask, it's not just a casual, hey, God, would you do this? But it's a diligent, continual ask where you're pressing in on a situation and you're moving something in a spiritual realm that will cause change in the natural realm. The, the possibilities for the power of God to move are increased dramatically when you start to soak all of life's stuff in the place of prayer. We have seen so many people touched with healing and uh, touched with the help of God as we've been praying uh, over these requests in, in the life of our church. 
And I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying to you, it, it, it becomes easy to get too busy to stop and pray over it. We just, sometimes we kind of just think God's going to, he's going to take care of it. But there's something about, Matthew 6 tells us, when you just go, close the door, seek after God, find the heart of God, find the angle that God wants you to take, look at that thing, begin to put it before God, the lights come on, you see God do something you could not do. I'm just, I'm saying to you, there is, there is a powerful way to live that is beyond just you trying to be a good person. There is a perspective that you get from your prayer time, your time with God. And, and you know, for, for, for you, it might show up different than somebody else. Uh, everybody has their routine, and sometimes routines need to adjust a little bit, but time in the word and there's so much worship music available today but setting aside time where you just go I'm today I can today I can worship maybe I don't feel a ton of faith right now but I can worship God I can at least give him my best and and something about getting in the word and a promise from God just kind of comes out for you and write that thing down and start to pray it just get those words in your mouth over and over and over again Am I with me on this? Come on. Get, get it. Getting the right perspective could, could literally save you from making some really bad calls. Praying to release the energy of God, the power of God, the capacity of God is, is something incredible that's available to every believer. And then the last thing that I want to talk about is prayer power living brings us to a place of peace. Peace is a beautiful thing, to, to be at peace, to be at peace in your own soul, uh, to be at peace at home, to be at peace. Could, could you imagine a world at peace? Could you imagine a nation at peace? What would people now post on Facebook? But Philippians 4 says this, be anxious for nothing, don't worry about stuff, but in everything, everybody say everything, everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your heart, and it'll guard your mind. In Christ Jesus. So we have, these, we have these options that are before us. We could worry. We could try to figure out how to fix it ourselves. We could run the calculator one more time, two more times, ten more times. We could try to figure everything out, work everything out on our own. We could worry about our kids. We could worry about the bills. We could worry or we could pray. And the Bible says that when we pray, there's a peace that surpasses comprehension. That, in other words, it's not a peace that has come from 
oh, I got it figured out now. It's a peace that comes into your soul that says, I may not have it all figured out, but I know God's in this with me. I've, I've, I've come to a place of peace. I haven't figured it all out. Because I think a lot of people, they think, I'll be at peace when this conflict at work comes to an end. But that one may come to an end, but there's another one coming. And they, I know people think, as soon as I get all this worked out, and I, let me just say, if, if you are... If you are trying to get everything worked out to get to peace, you're on the wrong planet. But the Bible says when we bring it all, bring everything before God, our requests, supplications, with thanksgiving, there's a peace that guards your heart and your mind. Hmm. And once you're at peace, you, you, have a, you have a great place to stand. Because I found that making decisions out of anxiety are not good decisions, <laughs> right? M- making decisions when I'm aggravated or upset about something is not a good place. But there's something about peace that that is a great place to stand to go okay here's what i'm going to do here's what i'm going to say here's what i'm not going to do here's what i'm not going to say once you're at peace let me say you you never really value peace until you don't have it and when you got it you, you know it's worth hanging on to. You can make good decisions from a place of peace. You can make proactive decisions from a place of peace. The peace of God will guard your heart and your mind. Psalm 27, verse 5. I'm about ready to finish. Another 30 minutes, I'll be done. For, no, I'm almost done. For in the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle. I, you, you might be in a day of trouble. If you're not, good. But everybody has a day of trouble. He will conceal me in his tabernacle, in the secret place of his tent. He will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock. If you're in a day of trouble, I'm just saying there's a secret place of peace for your soul, that is an incredible thing. Psalm 31, verse 19, how great is your goodness, which you've stored up for those who fear you, which you've wrought for those who take refuge in you before the sons of men. You hide them in the secret place. Put that next verse up, please. You hide them in the secret place of your presence, from the conspiracies of men. You keep them secretly in a shelter from the strife of tongues. Church, I mean to say to you, there is stored up goodness for you in a secret place. Amen.
I want you to bow your heads and I want you to close your eyes. Father, we are so grateful that you have given us this incredible opportunity to come in to your presence, Lord, on a, on a regular basis. To come into your presence as a church to seek after you, to get your perspective, to release your power, to walk in your peace. And I'm praying for every person in this room. Lord, we don't look at prayer as a duty to fulfill. We look at it as an opportunity to enter into a greater life that we could ever have than just on our own. If you're here today, maybe this is first time for you, or maybe you're you're new back to church, or this is the beginning of a year. Maybe you've been here for a long time, but you know you've never really just given your life, surrendered your life to Jesus. What a great day to do that, the first Sunday of a year. Maybe you're here today and you used to be close to the Lord, but you're not right now. I would love to pray with you. Come on, let's, let's, let's come back home. Or maybe you feel unsure about where you stand, but today would be a great day for you to get confident about your relationship with God. So nobody's looking around, but if you're here today and you say, you know what, I've never really surrendered to Jesus before. I want to do that. Or I've fallen away and I want to come back. Or you're just saying, I just want to be confident about where I stand with God. Would you pray for me? I want you to lift your hand real high and say, that, that's me. Would you pray for me? God bless you. Come on, is there anybody else? Just right where you are, it's a great day for a fresh start. It's a great day for a new beginning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You put your hands down. I want us all to pray this prayer. This is for everyone who lifted their hand, but I think it's a good prayer for all of us to pray. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my life to your love, to your lordship. I need you. I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned. I come to the cross where you paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start it's a new beginning as I receive Jesus as the Lord of my life. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord. Amen. Thank you.